Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier, and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining me this evening as we continue our discussion on, or the title of this message, on how did we get here? We've been walking through numbers, and we left off the previous episode in chapter 14, looking at the Lord trying to help his people by saying what he will do and allowing his people to correctly view the Lord and what he is doing. So much so that their perspective of you and their children, the future generation, was that they would be praying. And the Lord is saying, no, the ones that you say will be praying, I'll bring them into the land. But you have rejected the land. So we're going to continue there. And still in chapter 14, and we're going to begin in verse 39. But before we do that, let's open up with some prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for you and who you are. And I thank you for all these that you have sent, that have a heart after you, that are seeking you to live and do righteousness and justice in their lives and in all the places that you put them, have given them, and have in their destiny track to do for you and your glory. I ask you, Lord, to write your word on the tablet of our heart, that we be even more conformed to the image of your Son, Jesus the Christ, with a true love for you, your ways and your thoughts, that we also exhibit your nature, character, and attributes in every area, aspect, and facet of our lives. You have said the next generation is sure. They are a people being prepared, made ready for you and your return. And we thank you, give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise as do you your name, in the almighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, amen. So, as I was saying, we're going to begin in chapter 14, and we will start in verse 39. It says, When Moses spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, the people mourned greatly. In the morning, however, they rose up early and went to the ridge of the hill country, saying, Here we are. We have indeed sinned, but we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised. But Moses said, Why then are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord? When it will not succeed, do not go up, or you will be struck down before your enemies. For the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites will be there in front of you, and you will fall by the sword, inasmuch as you have turned back from following the Lord. And the Lord will not be with you. But then they went up heedlessly to the ridge of the hill country. Neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses left the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and struck them and beat them down as far as Hormah. Now, we started there because, again, we're talking about us as a nation, how we got to the place where we're at. And some may very well say, well, John, what does this have to do with 
this nation, the United States of America. We've never lost a war, technically. Those that would be considered a loss were police actions. Well, while that's true, we're going to be missing out on the bigger picture. And not just for the United States, but for all the nations. There are certain things that we have done that the Lord has not been in. And the Lord has not been in them because they are in opposition to him. We, yes, sinned, and the Lord provided that way. And I mean us as a people, us as a nation, not just for the United States, but for all the nations. And we've, we've acknowledged that we've sinned. But we haven't truly humbled ourselves and come back into alignment with the Lord to say and do what he's desired for us to say and do. How we should go about being reconciled to turn from it completely. They, here, Israel, in their zeal to reach and receive the reward, they said, well, the Lord said it, so we can stand on his word, and we'll just go in and take it for ourselves. And the Lord told them, don't go. Tell them through Moses, don't go. It won't work out. And it won't work out because the Lord is not in it. Now, we can go back on the military side of things. And I recall growing up that there were nations that would not even think or consider going to war with the United States. Yeah, they may have absolutely hated the United States and their military and all that was represented in and through them. But to even ex- they wouldn't even express the audacity or desire. Didn't have the audacity to express the desire to go to war. They may have plotted in secret. They, they may have done those things. But to directly try to raise their hand against that nation, this nation? No. But how many things have we done that the Lord's not been in? How much legislation has been passed? that is absolutely in defiance of the Lord, of his ways, against his nature, his character, his attributes, of all that he's spoken in his word. Whether that be concerning abortion, whether that be in redefining or attempting to redefine what marriage is, whether that is trying to approve of things that the Lord flatly, plainly, States are an abomination against him. But yet, there was an insistence upon it. How can the Lord be honored and glorified in that? How can he be in any of those things? I'll tell you, he's not. So how can he honor the nation? That has nothing to do with his loving kindness, with his graciousness and his mercy. Because he's absolutely demonstrated that. But understanding that we as a nation, as a people, need the Lord with us. We need to remain in his presence. 
We need the Lord involved in every every area, asset, and facet, aspect, and facet of our life, because it has led us to a place where those same individuals, nations, that hated us, still do, but they've become emboldened. They have seen that the Lord has not been with us in certain things and have, again, been emboldened to just state their position and even to the point of making threats, idle or otherwise. That's a huge change in the attitudes, actions, and behaviors towards this nation. And, and I know it's happened around the world. Well, we'll just, for this part, let's just stick plainly to the United States. But again, the Lord in his mercy, he, in chapter 15, when he gets to it, he's saying, learn these things. And there's a, there's a way you can repent and all this. The Lord has always made a way for his people to repent. But then he also talks about there being these spiritual laws. And even in the law of the sojourner, which begins in Numbers 15, verse 14, he, the Lord is always talking about there's one standard. Absolutely one standard, whether it's for the rich, for the poor, or anywhere in between. For the old, for the young, for those that were not born here. As in, if we're, we're speaking of Israel in this at this time, but have chosen to become citizens that were aliens or that are aliens, as in they're not from there, but they are sojourning with them and in their land. But he makes a very interesting statement, the Lord does, in chapter 15, verses 30 and 31, which states, but the person who does anything defiantly, whether he is native or an alien, that one is blaspheming the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from among his people, because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be cut off. His guilt will be on him. Now, in there, the Lord clearly defines what blaspheming is. Defiance against the Lord. And that individual was to be cut off from his people. And the guilt was on no one else, just that individual alone. Because there was an insistence, a defiance. So we see that in Scripture. Look at even, I mean, there's a clearly a notable aspect of this with David and Goliath. David clearly understood that Goliath had defied the Lord. Goliath himself stated as much that he defied their God, our God. 
the true and living God. And he was dealt with. But I, I bring that up so we can get to or begin in chapter 16. So we'll begin reading. And we're, we're going to work through this chapter because there's much that we need to understand so we can begin to apply it to our lives. Understanding how we got here, but how not just the things that we did wrong, what we misunderstood about the Lord and about his ways, about his word, but what we can do to come back into alignment. Does the Lord always provides a solution, a way back? The Lord, is, our God, is a God of restoration. So not how we just got to this place, but how he restores and restores his people. So it says in Numbers chapter 16, Now Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took action, and they rose up before Moses, together with some of the sons of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, chosen in the assembly, men of renown. They assembled together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You have gone far enough, for all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? When Moses heard this, he fell on his face, and he spoke to Korah and all his company, saying, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show who he is and who is holy, and he will bring him near to himself, even the one whom he will choose. He will bring near to himself. Do this. Take censers for yourself, yourselves, Korah, and all your company, and put fire in them and lay incense upon them in the presence of the Lord tomorrow. And the man whom the Lord chooses shall be the one who is holy. You have gone far enough, you sons of Levi. Then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi. Is it not enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister to them? And that he has brought you near, Korah and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you. And are you seeking for the priesthood also? Therefore, you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. But as for Aaron, who is he that you grumble against him? Then Moses sent a summons to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, we will not come up. Is it not enough that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to have us die in the wilderness, but you would also lord it over us? Indeed, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor have you given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Would you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. Then Moses became very angry and said to the Lord, Do not regard their offering. 
I have not taken a single donkey from them, nor have I done any harm to them. Moses said to Korah, You and all your company be present before the Lord tomorrow, both you and they along with Aaron. Each of you take his fire pan and put incense on it, and each of you bring his censer before the Lord, two hundred and fifty fire pans. Also, you and Aaron shall bring his fire pan, shall each bring his fire pan, excuse me. So they each took their own censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it. And they stood at the doorway of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. Thus Korah assembled all the congregation against them at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. I know that was an extensive list of scriptures that we just read through. But it's important to understand what's happening to get the context. So there are some individuals, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And let's understand what just happened. They came up, assembled against the Lord's selected leaders. Now, we just went through this. We just went through this in, uh, I believe it was Numbers, Numbers chapter 12. Aaron and Miriam murmured against the Lord and against his elected official. They were not content with the place the Lord had given them that they were to operate in, not just for themselves, which was a blessing, but also for the good of all the people. In the same way, these individuals were doing the same thing. But not only themselves, they took others from another tribe. Now, Korah was part of the priesthood. No, he was not. The, he was still. Uh, they were of the family, the tribe of Levi. Their role was to minister. Was it the full weight and responsibility of Aaron and his sons? No, but they were given a place. They were not content. They desired more. So then, what happened? They launched accusations. And attempted to overthrow the leaders the Lord had selected. Whom he had already demonstrated his love towards, but that they were his choice. And and I say this because it's what the Lord was sharing with me. But also let's understand this in our own lives. We were just reading about, again, how we got here. They did not hold the word of the Lord rightly. They did not stand on it for themselves, each individual for themselves. And when they did not receive the fullness of the promise and enter into the land, they then became bitter towards each other. And that's always what happens. It's a tactic of the enemy to create strife and discord, attempt to overthrow or take over, because they were not satisfied or content with the place and the position that the Lord had given them, that they, each one individually, should have been efficiently and effectively functioning in, in excellence, 
towards the Lord and for His glory. The anger should have been with themselves for not doing those things. Instead, they looked for a scapegoat. And, And this happens all the time. We see it mostly in government. People are always seeking ambitious and seek higher power as opposed to just functioning where the Lord has called them to function and the place and role that he's given them to function. So they, they compromise themselves and others entering into these agreements. Now, it's easy to look at government because, as I said, that is one of the, the most, I'll say, I'll say in this way, one of the things that we see the most are the results of media and what's on TV and different hearings and the like. But this also happens in, unfortunately, the church, amongst the body and bride of Christ. Let's understand some things. They should have been seeking the Lord for not just what would benefit and bless them in their lives, in the same way that we just read here in, in chapter 14, they wanted to go make their own way. And the Lord wasn't in it. We should be watching ourselves to make sure that what we are doing, that the Lord is not just in, but that he has been allowed in. And that is the direction and way that he is leading us. One of the, the key parts to to this, if you will, is also, again, found in David. When, well, I'll say it into it because we're, we're talking about Moses. Moses had a successor in Joshua. And you can say, oh, well, Joshua did not get to assume his role that was as a successor to Moses until after Moses was taken by the Lord. So after he went up on, on the mountain or the hill to look at the promised land and die there. But again, as I said, let's look at David. When did David give up his kingship to his successor, who the Lord chose, which was Solomon? And the answer is while he was still alive. Why? What was David's pattern of life and how he lived it before the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. No, he wasn't perfect. But what do you see as you read through Samuel and Kings and Chronicles? David sought the Lord for everything. To hear his voice, to know his ways. He pursued the Lord, not just for himself. But what would be the biggest blessing and benefit to the people? And you, he, he stepped down because in looking for the blessing and the benefit, not just for himself, but for the people. Yes, the current generation, but the future generations. He also sought the Lord for his timing. And you see that whether it's demonstrated in a time of warfare, where he says, all right, Lord, should I just go up and, and fight these this enemy force. And the first time the Lord said, yeah, absolutely do it. And you'll, you'll be successful. I've given them in your hand. 
And then there was another battle. He said, should I do the same thing, Lord? But the Lord said, no. Don't do the same thing. Instead, follow this plan. Go around them. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees, then attack them. So there was also a timing component. But the timing component is a part of the Lord and his plan. The purpose, the destiny track, his will, his covenant. His perfect plan includes his perfect timing. When something is to be done. Because the Lord knows what is his best and what will produce the biggest blessing and benefit for guests for our lives, but also for the lives of those around us. Isn't that what the leaders are supposed to do? Even if that's the truth in love, what is the Lord saying concerning it? Or are we trying to make our own way? Are we only looking out for ourselves? Again, in every area, aspect, and facet of life. So here, Korah and his friends launched these accusations against Moses, against Aaron, those that are currently in power. They complained because they had not received what the Lord said, but they hadn't received it for their own reasons, because they were in opposition to the Lord. And even though the Lord forgave them, listen, and we read how they had not held fast to the word of the Lord. As in verse 13, is it not enough that you have brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to have us die in the wilderness, but you would also lord it over us? Indeed, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor have you given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. There was a defiance. So much so that even Dathan and Abiram said, we won't even come up. Even though Moses was speaking the word of the Lord. Attempting to reason with his, his brothers and the Lord. So yes, Moses became angry and he pleads his case not to these individuals, but to the Lord. which is what we should all be doing. Seeking the Lord. Lord, and I say that as individuals, but then also as a nation. Lord, what do you want me to say and do? And again, it starts in your own household, in your own life and in your own household and for your spouse and your children in your street, your block, your community, and it continues all the way up to the nation. I can't be held responsible for what someone else does or doesn't do before the Lord. That's between them and the Lord. But I am responsible for what I do and say before the Lord, as we all are. There was one standard. There was one standard and the Lord even said that in chapter 15, which we covered. And also in chapter, to, to go back for a second to chapter 15, 
he says that we would remember to do his commandments and to be holy to our God. That's what we're all called to do and to be before the Lord. So we're going to pause there for today. And we're going to continue probably in verse 20 on the third iteration of how did we get here? So thank you all for joining me this evening. Love you. We're keeping you in prayer. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you that has chosen the Lord and to live righteously and justly for righteousness and justice. Thank you. Love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful evening.